Welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find our latest sermon. Good morning. Um, if you don't know me, um, my name is Abby. I'm married to Sean and I have a beautiful daughter um, named Aria and she is six months old. Special thanks to Judy Alford who is looking after her right now um, so that I can film this in the beautiful peace and quiet. So thank you so much, you're amazing. Um, I am also the Children and Families Minister um, at St Tom's and um, yeah, we're having a great time um, looking at what we can put together um, for the children and families in this strange time. Um, and we're having lots of fun doing that, so watch this space. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me if you don't know me. So today we are looking at the Bible passage that Janice read out so beautifully earlier in the service. And I just want to look at one little section of this passage. And it's the bit where Moses says, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. What else would distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So I would like us to ask ourselves these three questions. The first one is, who is with you? Second, where are you going? Third, what makes you different? So we are going to look at those um, three questions and we're going to look at this passage. We're going to use those questions to look at this section of the passage so that we can ask God what he wants us to learn from this this morning. So let's start with the first question, which is, who is with you? And this really, this question really comes from the bit that says, if your presence does not get with us. Where are the places that we are spending our time? It might be at home or at school or um, other education establishments, it might be at work, the supermarket, travelling maybe, um, if you can travel at the moment, um, but usually it might be travelling, um, spending time with extended family or in friends' houses or the pub. Now who is going with us to those places? It might be our friends, our family, our colleagues, strangers or acquaintances that we know their names but we don't really know them. But what about God? Is he going with you to all of those places? If you're a Christian, then you're probably sat there thinking, yes, of course he's with me. Jesus promises to send his Holy Spirit to be with those who believe in him. And that's absolutely right. But are we aware of him? Are we making space for him to work through us? And are we allowing him? to guide us through this weird, sometimes weird thing called life. Now I know you've probably heard this before, but we become like the people that we spend time with. Now I'm one of those weird people, maybe weird, maybe not, um, who think that dogs and owners look very similar. I, don't, I hope that there's someone else out there who agrees with me, but I just look at dog and owner and I just think, not only do they look like each other, 
where they have a few of the same characteristics, the same personality almost. Um, yeah, just look at them and I think, yeah, they look so similar. I'm sorry if I offended anyone by that. Um, it's just true. Um, I hope someone else agrees with me. Um, but also, in a marriage, the Bible tells us that two become one. And this is seen sometimes, um, probably, maybe not in all the relationships out there, but with me and Sean, we have these inside jokes and code names for people and places that make us both laugh till we cry, and the cute baby voice that comes out when no one else is around. Maybe I shouldn't have shared that, but it's true. Um, yeah, you know what's hearing it, so don't ask. Um, and I was thinking about this, um, as Aria goes up, she's probably going to be just as strange as us, because she's going to hear all of this going on at home that maybe lots of people um, don't know. So she probably will be as strange as us, because she is going to spend time with us. If you're not married, this might be your family, other family members, it might be friends, it might be, um, I don't know, whoever it is that you are close with and that you spend time with. We just become like the people that we spend time with. And I know this is a very human and simplistic way to see our relationship with God. But I think it's a good starting point for us to begin to understand it. Now, I believe that our mission field is wherever God is with us and we are doing his will. So the whole list of places that we go, the whole list that I read out earlier, yes, including going to the pub, there are they are places that God goes with you, where we can do his will. And therefore, those places are our mission field. The list of people that you go to those places with, Yes, including those people that annoy the life out of you, are all God's children and he loves them unconditionally. When God's presence goes with us, we learn to love them too and get to share just a glimpse of what God's unconditional love for them looks like. So those are my reflections on who is with us. If your presence does not go with us, is God with you intangibly when you go about your daily life? Is he really with you? Are you aware of him? So that's the first question. Let's move on to question two, which is, where are you going? And this is a big one. And this is taken from the section that says, do not send us up from here. So where are we going? Think back to all the places where you are spending your time, as we reflected on earlier. Are you there because God is calling you to be his light in those often dark places? Moses and the Israelites had a pillow of cloud that they could follow as a visual representation of God. Sometimes I wish that um, we have some kind of visual representation of where God wants us to go, especially when I was younger, um, end of GCSEs, college, thinking about uni. Um, everyone kind of has this expectation that you know where you're going with life, um, but I didn't, and lots of other people didn't. Um, and that's where you kind of think, why does God just give me um, a pillow of cloud just to lead me towards the right place, the right career, the right 
place that I need to go. Like there's so much, there's so many options. Um, good, help me. Um, and sometimes you just have to listen to this still small voice and you have to trust. Um, and sometimes you do feel that it would be easier to have that actual real tangible way of knowing. But I was thinking about this. And even though the Israelites had this pillar of cloud, they still messed up, they still doubt with God. They often didn't go God's way, which got them into trouble. And I was thinking this is because our trust in God is based on faith. Without faith, a pillar of cloud is just a pillar of cloud. But faith, that is the presence of God. How often do we doubt that God has called us and don't go? A friend called Kirby in Bath used to say that lots of Christians are sat at a traffic light like it is red and waiting for it to go green. But sometimes, not always, but sometimes, the light is already green and we just need to drive forward. We need to push at those doors and see whether God opens them before us. And I want to challenge you, if you have felt in the past that God is calling you to something specific, to a specific place or job or to a specific group of people, ask some Christian friends and Christian leaders to journey with you and to discern the step, step forward and see if God opens those doors. Don't just sit and wait for it to happen. Take a step and allow God to open those doors before you if it's his will. And that's why it's so important to journey with others because they are able to discern what God is saying with you. You already have the presence of God inside you. If you are a Christian, you don't need to wait for that. The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus died so that we can have an intimate relationship with our Father God. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We don't need to wait any longer. And maybe you've messed up. You haven't prayed for weeks. Have lost any sense of God's calling for your life. Well, I've got good news for you. It isn't about you and what you do. Jesus died on the cross because God knew we couldn't earn a relationship with him through being good. All we need to do is say sorry once again and give the Holy Spirit permission to be in the driving seat of our lives. And I know I'm that person who keeps messing up, forgets to pray, forgets what life is truly all about, gets caught up in the day-to-day -day mundane tasks. But the reason that I'm here right now is because God doesn't mess up. He doesn't forget to pursue me and doesn't forget his plan for my life. And don't take this as meaning that you have a calling to make radical changes in your life. You might need to. And if you do, you probably deep down already know what those things are. So go for it, don't hold back. But if you aren't feeling that, don't go looking for some radical change because maybe you are where God wants you to be right now already. For many of us, we are already in places of influence 
And we just need to give God permission to guide our words and actions. We just need to be aware of his presence in our life and give him permission to work through us. So we ask this question, where are you going? Where are the places that you are spending your time? Are you there because God is calling you to be a light in those often dark places? And finally, the third question, what makes you different? And as we take from this section, it says, what else would distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What makes us different from people that don't know God the way we do? Are we nicer? I'm not sure because I know some pretty nice non-believers and sadly also some very unnice believers. Are we happier? I'm also not sure because I know some non-believers who express a lot of happiness, whether or not this is real, but we do, we do see um, some pretty happy non-believers. I mean, we also know some believers that we wouldn't necessarily describe as happy people. Yes, they have the joy of the Lord, but they may be suffering from loss or depression or chronic illness or just something that means that they're unable to walk around each day with a smile on their face, and that's okay. I want to just emphasize that. It's okay um, not to walk around happy all the time. Are they friendlier? Again, I don't see evidence for this. I don't think that we can rely on any of these attitudes to make us different. It has to be something deeper that distinguishes us. When you study business, there is a lot of talk about what is your niche? What makes you stand out? What makes you unique? Otherwise, you're going to get lost out there. You need to have something that makes you stand out from all the other products or other um, services around. Now, if I'm passionate about one thing, it is this. Church is not a business, um, it is family. And Mike Pavacci talks about this really well. And he says this wonderful phrase that says, we don't hire and fire in the church. We raise up sons and daughters. And I just love that. Because we are all part of the family, whatever. Because that is the love that God demonstrates to us and asks the church to reflect. But what makes us stand out as a family? There are lots of other communities um, in the world that um, stick closely together, um, that do good things. But what makes us stand out as a Christian church? I think what we're all probably thinking if we've been in the church a while is that it's meant to be love. In John 13, verse 35, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I can't tell you how often I just feel a little bit sick when this isn't the case in the church. When it is one like a business, where people's functions are seen above the people themselves. And I just want to say, God doesn't just see your function. He sees you and loves you. Also, the funny thing about God is that he loves all of you. Your flaws, your secrets, 
your losses, your finances, your blind spots, your biggest weaknesses, and loves you anyway. The church must learn to do the same if we're going to reflect this love that God has for us, if that's only a glimpse of it. If we're going to say that we are reflecting his life, this is the kind of love that we need to be showing. I don't know about you, but I have people in my life who have treated me like I'm nothing. I've experienced, um, in some ways, um, neglect, um, physical abuse, emotional abuse from people close to me in my past. And I feel like church has to be a place that I can heal from that and know that I am safe in this family, despite the fears that stem from trauma that's inflicted on our minds. It isn't always that ideal family. And I think we all know that we're human, we mess up. The church can never look perfect. It can never perfectly represent God's love. And I'm mature enough to know that and to be able to overcome those times where perhaps I don't feel like the church has treated me as maybe God would. But I think especially with new believers, we need to be so careful that we don't misrepresent God as a church. I once heard a story about a church leader who was in a car with a few of his students who were part of the leadership course at his church. And they were on their way to um, preach and help lead at an event in another church. And he um, started listing to his um, students all the names of um, students on the course at the church and started saying which ones he felt um, were born leaders and which weren't. But when I look at the Bible, I don't see leadership like that at all. In fact, God already seems to call the weak, the unconfident, the one that doesn't have it all together. When God called Moses in the burning bush, he told God he wasn't good at speaking. God had to send Aaron to go and speak for him. But he still sent Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. Why didn't he just use Aaron if he was better at speaking? Why could Moses at all? Because Moses was the leader that God had chosen and called. How often do we choose leaders because of their personality without asking God who he is calling? Maybe he is calling the person in the room that you think is least likely. This doesn't mean we need awful leaders who can't lead. It usually means that they need someone to believe in them and give them the confidence to practice leadership as they learn. Now I've got this book, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and Horse, that my sister-in-law gave us for Christmas and it's just amazing. Um, I've been waiting to quote it for a long time so I thought this was a good opportunity um, and there is a quote in here which I think is really relevant um, to what I've been saying and it says this, sometimes I think you believe in me more than I do, said the boy. You'll catch up, said the horse. When we believe in people, they catch up to that idea. They begin to believe in themselves, they grow in confidence. Let's be a people 
that believe in people so much that they become who God has truly called them to be. And let's not look at those people that are already there. Let's look at those people that actually God says to you, wait a minute, that person sat in the corner being quiet. I feel them to lead in this situation. I believe in that and telling them um, ways that they um, can grow in confidence in their leadership. Or it might not be leadership, it could be anything. Um, but let's be a people that believe in people so much that they believe in themselves and believe who God has called them to be. They might need others like Aaron to help in areas where their weaknesses lie. That's why um, we are the body of Christ working together. So what makes us different? The presence of God. The presence of God with us is what makes us different. It is impossible to, for us to truly love without knowing God's love for us. He is the one that has such an intimate relationship with us that he transforms us from the inside out. But still, this isn't us. It is him working through us. And I have another quote I wanted to read um, related to this, and it says this. Sometimes I worry, you'll all realise that I'm ordinary, says the boy. Love doesn't need you to be extraordinary, says the mole. And when I read that, I think, on Christmas morning, actually, when we got this book, I actually read the whole thing. Um, and this one stuck out to me like a sore family. It was like, this was the one that I needed to hear at that time. And I think sometimes we worry that people will just find out, actually, I'm just ordinary, there's nothing special about me. But God doesn't call us to be extraordinary. He calls us to be who he's called us to be. Sometimes we try and make ourselves different, but actually, let's stop with that. That's just wasting energy. Just be who you are. Um, that's what God's calling us to be. Um, you don't need to be that extraordinary thing. Um, that you might think just be you and follow God's will for your life and do his will and love and I just found that amazing when I read that without the presence of God we are not different but with the presence of God we couldn't be more different so as we come to an end let's just Read that section of the passage again, just to sum it all up. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So let's just take a moment to pray. And let's go through your questions once again, and I'll just give you an opportunity to reflect and pray on them. So the first question, who is with you? I'll just give you a moment to reflect on that. Father God, we thank you for all the places where we spend our time, all the people that we spend our time with. And we pray, we really desperately want you to be with us wherever we go. We want to be your shining light to the people that we meet. And we pray that you will go with us.
in these ordinary everyday circumstances that we are in. Where are you going? I'll just give you a moment to reflect on that. I pray this morning for those who feel like they've lost the sense of calling from you, I pray that you will give them a new um, fire and passion to know what you have called for them in their life, the plan that you have for them. I pray for those who feel they are living your calling, you will give them fresh inspiration, fresh excitement for what they're doing and new awareness of what you're doing in those places. And I pray for those people who are on the edge of their calling that they haven't stepped forward. I pray that you give them the confidence and the boldness to take a step and to surround them with people, to encourage them and believe in them. And I pray that those things that they step into um, will enhance your kingdom. That's what we care about. And the third question, what makes you different? I'll give you a moment to reflect. Father God, we thank you that you give us a chance to be different. You give us a true chance to change. To become people who love. And we pray um, where we perhaps may have put too much pressure on ourselves to be good people because we think that's what makes us different. We pray that that pressure will be lifted off, that we will know that actually what makes us different is that your presence is inside of us. And we pray that you will come and fill us with your presence afresh, that we will know that it's your presence inside of us that makes us different. And I pray that you will change us from the inside out, you'll transform us so that we can become more like you, that people around us will see you in us. And I pray where we've made mistakes, where we haven't reflected you, we say sorry and we repent this morning and we ask that you will come and show us that you are pursuing us, that you love us so much, that you haven't given up on us, that you have a plan for us. And we say once again, as we'll probably say many times again, we want to live for you. Come show us what it is that you would like us to do. We give you all the glory and we love you so much. We pray that you will build your church. Amen. Thank you so much for listening and praying with me. I hope um, something in there was really helpful for you. Um, and do get in touch if you have any questions for me or would like to chat about any of this. I would love um, to speak with you. Yeah, just thank you for um, staying with me and listening. Um, it's been really, really um, helpful actually for me reflecting on this passage and preparing for this. Um, and I'm really grateful um, that I've been able to share that with you too, so bless you all.